Hello, Modern Day Thoughts. Welcome to episode two. After the massive, massive amount of people, fan mail, I've been sifting through fan mail for about 45 seconds now, and there is just that much of it from the episode one. Uh, it's me, it's uh, your good pal, Isaac Butterfield, and, and I'm also joined by my co-host for every, each and every show, Dr. Bri- Dr. Bryce Fleming. Sorry, Bryce, I just oh. sipped on your name there, but g'day, mate. What's doing? Not too much, mate. How are you? I'm oh, not too bad. How was the, how was the uh, post-episode one? Uh, the week. How's the week been? Good. I had the jitters and I've calmed down now and everything's uh, set for this next episode. We've been somewhere. invited to parties and it's, it's all oh, happening. Yeah, I have to buy a new suit and everything. Oh, somebody stop us. But anyway, we've got our first guest on the show and this is really exciting. We're going to have some amazing guests on our, on our show and I'll let you introduce our guest today, Bryce. So take it away. Uh, well, this is Adrian Sutter. He's a uh, friend of mine and we've known each other for, for a while now and he's also the owner of uh, Fit and Fresh Australia, which is... Uh, Located in Newcastle, so Adrian. Morning, boys. Welcome to the show, mate. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for coming. I mean, mate, what's what brings you here besides Bryce calling you the besides other? Besides the invite, <laughs> um, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I guess I, I listened to your podcast last week. Oh, and great big job, big, big fan, fan yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that fan mail came from me, obviously. Good call. <laughs> um, I guess I'm here to talk a bit about fit and fresh, a bit about health, a bit about nutrition, a bit about life, maybe. Oh, good. Philosophy, good. if we can. So Fit and Fresh is your business, yep. and that's, uh, that's, that's your life, right? that's what you're putting a lot of effort into at the moment. But tell me a little bit about yourself, I, I, I know very little about you, where are you from, what, uh, what got you to the point just before Fit and Fresh? Uh, long story, I'll try and condense it, grew up in Dudley, yep. like yourself, oh, good local man. boy. Good yeah. Excellent, good um, how, good left... the, how good's the AV? The what? The AV, the Ocean View Hotel. Oh good, oh, <laughs> yes. God. It's amazing, I go there once a year. It's this least. all a beer and a blue in one night, isn't it amazing? <laughs> It's there, Christmas Eve, it's a big night. Um, yeah, I finished high school in Whitebridge and went travelling uh, for a couple of years around the world, came back, thought I had a lot of life experience, but I was a 20-year-old kid that really knew nothing. Um, joined the Army, yep. I was in the Army for about six years, uh, which uh, a lot of the experience I got in the Army is kind of what drove me into Fit and Fresh, which I suppose we can go into a bit later, but came back... Um, Forced to get out of the army through family tragedy. I lost my sister to cancer when she was too young. Uh, so combined factors of, of things I'd seen, things I'd learned in the army, along with uh, the the family um, tragedy, pushed me to to want to do something to change people's view on health and and change people's ability to get healthy food. Because um, I think at at the moment there's a lot of confusion out there about what's good, what's healthy. And there's also a lot of factors in our lives that, that prevent us from either being able to eat healthy food or um, having the convenience of healthy food in a busy lifestyle. Uh, and that's what drove me to Fit and Fresh, which is a, a, a business that makes healthy meals and delivers them to your door. So that was the turning point where you thought, okay, I want to, you want to help people, you want to give people the right tools that they can utilise to become the best, you know, best version of themselves that they can physically. Uh, is, 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 that the, is that the reason you, you thought this is the way I can help people? This is the way I can, you know, sort of change people? Ab- well, yeah, absolutely. I've, I think getting or well, destroying bad influences and, and helping people to do better for themselves is something that, that's kind of driven me forever. That was a big motivator to get me into joining the Army. Yeah. Um, I... So, so the influence I got from, I, I, was, over, I was in Afghanistan for, for nine months uh, and over there, nutrition's poor 
but nobody's fat. Okay. Um, obviously, a lot of people are malnourished, so that that's yeah. not an overly um, popular argument. But spending nine months in a country like that, where that you're surrounded by their culture and that's all you see, and then flying back to Australia, stepping off the plane and being confronted with an airport full of obese people, uh, was was a bit of a shock. Uh, I'd, I'd seen that growing up, but I'd become numb to it because it's the society we grew up in. And then being a, separated from it for so long, then coming back, it smacked me in the face. So that was a big a, a big part of, of what made me realise that Australia as a country needed to change. And it, That's an interesting point. We do seem to become so desensitised to having fast food available every five kilometres on the highway, having fat people... Well, not to be rude of fat people, but having fat people walk past you every day and you don't turn a blind eye, you turn a blind eye, rather, to uh, to all these types of people. And I guess seeing all those people in Afghanistan that were uh, in these horrendous circumstances, I, I assume, and then come back to that, that must have been quite quite a shock to the system. Absolutely. It was, it was a smack in the face. And like you said, this isn't a, it's not about fat shaming. There's, there's a problem with our society. People don't wake up one day and choose to become obese. Um... They're, they're surrounded by a society that allows 24-hour day food, um, processed food that's really destructive to, to humans as an animal. Um, and uh, all the, the Western society is just full of this marketing that's just always in your face saying, come and buy our stuff. Come, it's not that it's good for you, but it's cheap and it's available and you can get it wherever you want. And that's what put us into the society that, that allows people to get so big. Um, and they don't have that in Afghanistan. There, there is no McDonald's. So is that where you think the uh, you know the real confusion comes from? Is it there's a lot of people, a lot of different marketing, and a lot of products out there, and they're all trying to sell you what they think is their best version. And the uh, the punters, they they really get so confused that you know they just don't know what to do and what to follow. Um, so what would you suggest then is a is a fairly uh, good or a great outline people should kind of follow when in terms of diet and and what they should eat. To, well, to answer that, it's, it's kind of the philosophy I've got on everything that I learn. And that's, yes, there is, as far as food goes, there's way too much marketing and it's in your face and people are trying to tell you that their concept of what to eat is backed by science, but no one really takes the time to look into to what that science is. Anyway, coming back to it, it's when you've got to decide what you want to put in your body, you use the same thought process. You, you need to think about it to begin with, but use the same thought process that you would for anything. Don't take something on face value. Don't grab the shiniest thing that you can see. Don't grab the most value. Do what makes the most common sense. Um, and for mine, it's eating whole foods. Whether you want to put an, a title on it, being paleo or primal or whatever, eat foods that humans have been eating for thousands of years. Uh, eat foods that grow on the planet, that sustained us forever uh, in their natural form. And you are going to, even doing that, you may find individuals are all different. You may find stuff that doesn't suit your body perfectly. So steer away from it. Don't, if you're having a reaction from eating eggs and someone's told you that eggs, or you've read on Facebook that eggs are really good for you, don't keep eating eggs. Common sense would say, I'll put that in my body. I've had a bad response to it. Stop doing it. Um, so that's, in, in a basic answer, eat whole foods that, come from the planet mm. naturally a big argument would be you know with kids uh, these kids are just they're bombarded with you know probably 60 plus food ads a day 
uh, whether it be you know fast food or well, mainly fast food, I guess. But you look at uh, with the NRL and the AFL recently, they, they banned uh, alcohol ads before 8 o'clock or something, just for argument's sake, let's say it's 8 o'clock. And yet, on a Saturday morning, with the car, in between the cartoons, there's an ad for Maccas. Do you think that's a that, that's just as harmful as a, an ad? We may as well have, have ads for VB and, and, you know, two is new and two is old in between little cartoons of Pokemon, like... It's creating these children that that will carry that lifestyle for the rest of their lives, unless they have a you know a change, or they meet people that give them a change, or they have the they have a, something they can grab onto that for, for some reason makes them change. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think having fast food ads in any sport is is pretty disgusting. Um, we look at the KFC ads on the NRL well, at the moment, and, and the cricket. Yeah, they're they're all it's, 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 it's a massive moneymaker for them. But these kids are seeing, you know, for every time a try goes to the, uh, the video ref, it's a KFC box. And they, I mean, it worked with me. I was on the source the other week and we bought 100 nuggets from KFC. <laughs> and they were like 30 bucks. I don't even like the KFC nuggets. They're terrible. <laughs> but I bought them. <laughs> so the, the biggest thing I think is you've got these massive fast food companies that are spending billions of dollars, or, or in Australia, maybe millions of dollars, on psychological research and how to best present their product to make people want it. And you're taking every kid under the age of 15 watches sport and aspires to be a professional athlete um, or, or watches their, their game, whatever it is, and aspires to be elite at it. And then in the ads or in the breaks to that sport, you're seeing those same athletes that they're aspiring to be holding up KFC buckets. So a young mind looks at that and says all right, I don't really know, I've got no knowledge base to base my choices on, but I saw the guy that I want to be eating that food, I'm going to eat it too. Mm. And it is, it's, it's kind of disgusting. But I've, worked with, I've worked with kids for a couple of years now and I saw, the best example for me was this one kid and he said, he said, we went to KFC, they had a takeaway night once a week, which is, you know, whatever. And he said to me, no, I have to have a large meal. So why? He said, I have to have a large meal. If I don't have a large meal, I, I, I'll be, I won't be full. I'll be freaking out. And he had this massive meal and he still wanted to, he wanted to go back. He wanted to go back. But these kids see these, these professional athletes. Oh, they eat KFC. They eat Maccas. They eat this, this and this. You know, why can't I? If I'm going to become a professional athlete, this is what I have to eat because this is what they're surrounded by. You, yeah. They would assume. I, I think um, a lot of the time we get uh, almost brainwashed into believing that we can, we can out-train or out-exercise a poor diet. Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, is just not true. You know, you, you can't. Yeah. Well, I'm in all sorts. <laughs> no, sorry, mate. <laughs> um, because the, the principle really comes down to, um, you know, what you put into your body is your nutrient base or your fuel. And um, even though you might exercise and, and look good on the outside, if you're not feeling yourself properly on the inside, you know, things are just going to start breaking down. Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of that, that uh, what we create in society, especially with those professional athletes, really does come down to that, you know. I can exercise, therefore I can eat what I want type of attitude. Do you think it becomes a subconscious thing as they grow into adults and they learn things about food? Like for a kid who sees this many ads on one, on one day of TV watching, you know, in 10 years' time where he knows all about nutrition and he knows what's harmful and he knows what can, you know, cause heart disease, can cause obesity. But in the back of his back of their mind, they're still going, yeah, but, you know, I ate that when I was a kid and mum said that was all right, so I can still eat that and I can still live a healthy life. It, it takes a lot of retraining. Like, our base model for, for as we're growing up through school, we look up to our teachers as the people who know everything. They're going to teach us everything. 
And they taught us, as far as nutrition goes, follow the food pyramid, which was full of grains on the bottom, a little bit of green stuff, a little bit of meat, don't eat much sugar and fat. I personally used to go to McDonald's when I was younger, looking at a Big Mac going, it's got grains, it's got meat, it's got lettuce. It's pretty healthy. Mm. Having no other, no other idea. If someone comes to me later and goes, McDonald's is bad for you, my knowledge base is to break it down at the time and go, well, it's considered junk food, so yeah, maybe it's bad for you, but the ingredients in it aren't that bad for you. So if we're giving kids a knowledge base that's, that's not correct, coming from teachers who they trust, then influencing them through TV with fast food, when they, as they grow over, older and, and start to dig deeper and try and make their own mind up on things, it's, 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 you're fighting an uphill battle to retrain people to realise that those foods are bad on so many levels, not just because they're, they're processed and they're, they're full of sugar and carbs, but because the, the foundations that you learn at school are also misguided. And a lot of those foundations are um, going to be based on, uh, again, marketing and money and especially grains and dairy lobbyists and things like that, you know, and if you actually look back at the development of the food pyramid, um, I mean, do you guys know who helped influence the development of the food pyramid? Was it the, sh- was it the sugar lobby? It was sanitarium. Sanitarium. Yeah. yeah, right. So, you know, if I'm going to do some research... <laughs> on a product that I have, I'm going to make sure that that research comes out as positive and therefore I'm going to sell my product and then, you know, hopefully sell it to the masses and that's that's really what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, half the positive research that comes out about fast food joints are funded by the fast food joints. Of course they are. Yeah. That's, that's quite confronting. But what, what needs to change for the food pyramid for kids? <clears throat> or, or, or perhaps what needs to change? Because let's say, let's write this generation off. They're all fatties, <laughs> they're gone. What's going to happen with the kids? Like... If you're sitting in your year two classroom come Monday morning, what, what can the teacher say or what can they be taught or how does the food pyramid need to change or, or these type of things? What can be done to say, for lack of a better term, the next generation of Australians? This, is, this could break into an hour-long answer. but So on, on one hand, I look at through the research that's coming out now, through experiments I've done on myself, um, which I find, I know it's not scientifically sound, but... It's my life. When I experiment on myself, the results are what I'm going to follow. Um, Through that, I've found that a diet that's a lot closer to how our ancestors used to to live with moderate amount of fat, smaller amounts of protein, low, low amounts of of carbs, nothing processed, everything whole foods, um, is what needs to be taught in school. Um, But what... So the, the, the catch to that is there's also the argument that a lot of people will bring forward saying that a diet like that is no longer sustainable because we've moved the planet to a population that's so big. Where do we, how do we farm this way? How do we, how do we grow all, all these animals to eat this way without grain? And that, I mean, I, I haven't done enough research into that side of it. That, that could be a true argument as well. But we've, we've put ourselves with an expanding population into a position that is impossible to feed 7 billion people with meat and veg. Um, and the argument also being that you've got the, the ideal way to eat, which is a, a paleo-primal-style model, and then you've got people with no food at all. And, and there's, a, there's a middle ground saying that, well, you've got guys in Africa, for example, that have got nothing. Would you say they can't get meat, they, but they can possibly grow corn? Absolutely. So 
as with everything, it's a sliding scale. There's there's optimum or optimal, and then there's the the complete wrong and utter atrocious way to eat. And you've got to fit it in because no no food at all is definitely worse than eating a Big Mac or rice or grains. Um, but in a westernised country where we do have access to the right foods, we need to be teaching people what they are to live at the positive end of the spectrum. I think that uh, the problem that a lot of people have with the paleo uh, way of living and uh, CrossFit and these sort of things, they have negative connotations attached to that term. And we spoke about it last week. But really what most people who talk about paleo and all that type of stuff are saying, eat the food that has been less touched by humans. Eat it as naturally as you can. Get it as close to the natural source as you can. And if kids are doing that, if they're eating, you know, we were talking about before the podcast, eating about, a, if, even if you're eating a steak and a veggie, some veggies for tea, like that's better than, you know, eating a Big Mac for tea, as you said. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if, if, if it's, it's the same with kids in canteens, like they when I was at school, and I'm sure when you guys were at school too, there was, you know, sausage rolls and cutlet of nuggets and Twister Bolognese. I had a Twister Bolognese every Friday afternoon at Dudley <laughs> Primary School, and it was great. I was massive, but it was a great time. They had garlic bread. Oh, those are the days. I might sneak back in there and grab a couple of garlic breads from there. But, um, but yeah, these, these these poor kids, like like our generation now, Generation Y or whatever, what are we? I don't know. You guys are older than me, so you're probably X. I don't know. But... um. You know, we're, we've 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 created, we've lived this life where we have was uh, this uh, what is the word I'm looking for here, Bryce? This uh, availability mm-hmm. of every, every type of food we've ever wanted, and you go back ten thousand years, and there's that's actually a question. I'm going to interrupt myself. Sure. This is a question. <clears throat> ten thousand years ago, ancestors of ours wouldn't have been eating meat every day. Correct. So, to live a completely Paleolithic lifestyle. Would you save meat for three not three times a week, or like how do you? I mean, obviously, if you're training, like those guys probably wouldn't have been training. I I, I highly doubt they might have been training for hunting. I, I, I guess, but what do you eat to try and? Well, I mean, they're always training uh, because survival. Walking, yeah. yeah, survival is training, really. I mean, if you think about um, you know how much walking you have to do just to collect things, and of course, you know, running away from a tiger or you know mm. trying to beat something up is, is yeah. definitely a physical thing. So their their activity levels are far greater than what ours are. First of all, um, getting back to your question about um, uh, you know how much meat would they eat, the thing is, it it's a, a case of if there's something there, you would eat it and you would eat the whole thing because you just don't know when your next meal's going to come. Yeah. And the thing that we sometimes take for granted is just how well our bodies can adapt to um, you know different amounts of different foods, different types of environments. You know, hot and cold. That's why we really are the dominant species because we're just so adaptable. Um, and this this kind of comes back to what you were saying, Adrian, as well about um, you know kids uh, and how how they can they can you know stuff foods in their mouths and um, you know every, everything's getting bigger and everyone's getting sicker. Um, and the reason why we can do that is because we can just adapt to that terrible food and somehow extract enough nutrients to still keep us alive. You know, a lot of other animals can't do that. So really, you know, if it, it comes back down to um, your activity levels, um, how your uh, what's called your epigenetic kind of wiring is, which is um, you know how well you're going to absorb certain nutrients from meats and things like that. That's really going to determine how much meat you should eat. 
Um, there's no real kind of expert that can tell you an exact like plate or diagram that you need to eat this. You've got to kind of have to figure it out yourself. And we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about supplements. Mm. Um, and you just said there about, you know, your body can digest certain types of uh, you know, minerals and proteins from certain types of food. Mm-hmm. If someone's, you know, uh, making a drastic change in life, they're at the gym, they're trying to get bigger, this type of stuff. This is what the conversation was about. Mm. It was about me trying to get swole. Now, <laughs> um, but, and I said to you, what do you think about protein powders and all these type of things? And you said to me that m- most of the protein powders are made out of cheap, easy protein to derive from, was it plants and, and these type of things? Your body can't digest as well as perhaps a, a grain-fed cow. Do you think that's something? Is that a, is that a, is that a true statement? Or um, well, first of all, I mean, you know, grass grass-fed, natural, free-roaming <coughs> animals are going to be better than grain-fed. Yep. Um, because that's their natural food source. And, and yeah, we're, as a human, we're designed to be able to break down nutrients, uh, especially proteins, from animal sources um, better than what we are from a plant source. I mean, you just look at our makeup. We've got, you know, incisors. We've got mm. teeth that can grind and masticate. And we've got, you know, the ability inside of us, um, you know, like a gallbladder bladder that can break down fats and things like that. So, you know, we've, we've as an animal structure, we're wired up to get a lot of our nutrients from from me and you guys are pretty heavy trainers and Adrian would you what would you say if someone is uh, trying to make that change from a uh, from a sedentary 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 close you had this trouble last week yeah. <laughs> same <laughs> word <laughs> from a lifestyle where you're sitting down and doing fuck all to a lifestyle where you're training uh, what's what's a good diet change in, in the way of muscle development for, for one of those people to to try and to put on muscle, trying to put on muscle, they're trying to lose, deal. they're trying to lose a bit of weight. They're, these because a lot of people who, when they get into the gym, the first thing is they go up the road to their local protein powder supplier, not to mention any names, and they buy a big tub of what's doing. Yeah, and they get stuck into it after their uh, after their after their, their gym sessions. I had a mate say to me, uh, "The higher the sugar content in protein powder, the better, because that's what you need after a workout." That's that's a fantastic marketing pitch by every supplement on the planet. They're saying. Get, get it full of sugar, get your insulin, spreading it around your body. It'll make you really big really quick. Yeah. Um, in, in answering your, your question before that, I think that kind of attitude is the problem with, with people. They want to go from one extreme to another and they want a quick fix and they want to do it with someone giving them an answer. So the long answer to that is humans are generalist animals. We're not... We're not really good swimmers, but we can swim. We're not really fast runners, but we can run. Um, we can do a whole bunch of stuff kind of okay, but nothing really well compared to other animals on the planet. So to take a human that's of normal build or, or as, as we are now and go, I want to be a bodybuilder. That's going, I'm focusing all of my energy into one thing and I want one goal and I want to get really big and that's it. And that kind of goal structure is always going to have negative outcomes because we are designed to be really good at that one thing. We're designed to be generally good at a lot of things. So when it comes to food, I never try and encourage people to eat X amount of protein or, or X amount of fat or whatever in order to get really big and really muscly and strong. Um, the goal with diet for everybody should be to eat stuff that doesn't make me sick because I want to be as healthy as possible. Um, and once you've got that, like that's, that's got to be the mentality and the, the mental shift needs to be the first thing you do. If you're going from being sedentary 
to being active. Yeah, that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> um, you need to, to have a look at what your goals are in life, and that is you're currently unhealthy. Let's get healthy before we try and become a, a superhero bodybuilder. Because uh, if you go straight from trying to go from one extreme to the other, you're going to fall off the bandwagon after about five days of realising it's not all beer and Skittles and, and it's not a, a way, it's not a, a good path to, to health. And that's the hard thing for a lot of people is finding the time to cook these, uh, you know, nutritious meals and delicious meals. If only there was a business that could provide delicious and nutritious meals very easily. And Adrian, thanks for coming along from Fit and Fresh. <laughs> Tell us all about Fit and Fresh. All right, so... Um, in a nutshell, we've got a whole bunch of chefs that work with dietitians, people like Bryce, uh, get as much information as we can on what is the best food for people to eat to be healthy. Uh, we then cook it for you, deliver it to your house. It's all easy. It gives you a convenient option so that when you're at work or at home and you're hungry and you don't have time to cook and you don't have time to go shopping, your only option is now no longer fast food. You can have healthy food. That is the exact same quality. It's all fresh. Um, it's the same as you just cooked it yourself, but you don't have to do any of the work. And you can jump on to the Fit and Fresh uh, website, which is fitandfresh.com.au. It's F-I-T-A-N-D, fresh.com.au. No ampersands. Yep. Can I just ask a question, Adrian, about um, how you actually do cook the protein um, parts? Because I didn't really know much about this process until you explained it to me. So So the majority, we have, we have some um, products that we, we cook like anyone would at home in an oven or, or, or on a stove. The majority of our meats, though, are cryovac raw and then sous vide in a water bath. Um, sous vide is a, a kind of method of cooking that the, the French chefs or the quality chefs came up with to keep meat tender and, and keep the flavour in. Uh, not really realising that at the same time it's it's the most nutritious way to cook meat. Um, you're keeping all the nutrients from that meat, like stewing in, in the bag, uh, and it never gets open. Once we once it's cooked that way, it goes straight into the meal. People reheat it when they get it to their house, uh, and it is the healthiest way to cook. You're not using any any oils or anything to cook with. So, and the uh, the meats that you use, um, they're all grass fed, free range. We're based in Newcastle, so all of our stuff comes from Hunter Valley Farms. Yep. and it's all grass fed or, or free range, um, which is important to us because we are. Uh, advising people to eat um, meats with a little bit of fat on it still um, and the only way you're going to get the healthy fat is if that animal is healthy before it's um, brought to us so it needs to be grass fed or yeah, pasture fed. So what was the first step in creating Fit and Fresh? Where did you start from? Was there a little office? What, what's the, uh, the roots um, and all story? I, I started, well I started off with a, with a cafe up in the end of town which we sold when we, when we started Fit and Fresh but Originally, I my mentality was I came straight from the army. I saw a problem. I wanted to fix it overnight. I just threw every cent I had into getting a place, getting equipment, and making a whole bunch of mistakes at the same time, um, and just learning along the way. There was I had I had the brains behind the nutritional side of things, and that was about it. The how to run a business, how to operate logistics, and and build websites. We kind of made up or, or learned along the way. Was there a big mistake that you perhaps could give as an example to a small business owner that's uh, starting up that you give it as a bit of advice? <sighs> Underfunding, I suppose. I know, that, I know that's a throwaway for a lot of businesses. We, 
I spent a lot of time, like my background in the army, I, I learned how to write pl- plans and, and to do complete a, a thorough planning process. So our business plan was, was pretty solid. Uh, but when you're going, especially for entrepreneurs out there, if you're going into an area that hasn't been developed yet, you're going to make mistakes. There's, there's things that we spent days and weeks planning for and we just couldn't see curveballs coming. Um, so having being underfunded at, to begin with was a challenge. It meant we had to do everything on a shoestring budget. Had we had the same business plan with 10 times the budget, we could roll out quickly and, and, and get the marketing up and running. And, and yeah, that's no marketing budget. It's a, a tough one. Mm-hmm. So, so the internet played a big role in developing Fit and Fresh? It, we're in an yeah, business. We're, we're a website-based business. We we do have a little storefront in Newcastle, but it's all business. It's all social media marketing and, and, and internet, SE, Google SEO kind of stuff. Mm. So. And do you have any um, uh, any people or ambassadors or athletes or anything like that that, that swear by your products? We've got a couple. We're trying to build the list, but we've got um, Alex Ranieri and, and Benny Gerard. CrossFit athletes that uh, are ambassadors of ours, and they're—I mean, Benny's the the fifteenth fittest man on the planet as of the CrossFit Games this year. So he's he's kind of um, he's a big deal. Someone, he's a bit of a big deal. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Hey, hey, Benny, if you're listening, and of course, <laughs> of course, the uh, the Dudley number ten, the front rower down there, he swears by your medals. Yep. I just had my first one just before the podcast, and it's absolutely delicious. Had a bit of uh, had a bit of pork and. It was amazing. It was like just, just walk straight out of a restaurant. I've seen the Dudley footy side. I think they could do with a bit of fit and fresh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't worry about that. We could do a lot of things down at Dudley. Do you, do you consider yourself at this point a successful business? And where would you like to grow in the next couple of years? Um, the my, my model of, or my thoughts on success are probably different to a lot of people. We, I, I didn't get into this to, to become a millionaire. Um, if I woke up tomorrow with a whole bunch of cash, I'd still want to be going to work. And I'm not just saying that to, to try and um, give myself a good moral rap, but we, we got into this to try and fix a problem. The problem's not fixed, so we're not successful yet. However, we have helped a lot of people. Uh, so on a small level, we, 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 we're taking successful steps. Um, to make this successful, we need to get around Australia, potentially bigger picture around the world, uh, whether it be with our food or with the concept that we're trying to get to people um, to eat, or oh, the concept that convenient food doesn't have to be unhealthy. So we mentioned before with um, with uh, with Dudley, a lot of the guys are you know full time workers, works you know 50, 50 hours a week sometimes, and then they go and they train. Um, how, how do you think Fit and Fresh could help them? Is that something that you're trying to... Is that a market you're trying to crack into, the, the sort of weekend warrior type of people? Um, our, like, so when we write our marketing plan, the first thing people ask you is, who's your core market? And ours is humans, because people eat. And there's, there's people out there that are... Uh, they've, they've got their head on straight, and they know what they've got to eat, and they, they've got the time to do it. So, And there's people that don't. So we, weekend warriors or, or not... I think our market's just people who need convenient, healthy food. Okay. Can I um, interject here and say that, I mean, I, I know how to, you know, make a nice, healthy meal and I've got, <clears throat> got the knowledge base to be able to pull the ingredients together and all that kind of stuff. But the thing that I find really beneficial is just, it's just quick and easy. You know, it, it, time is probably one of my most valuable things at the moment. And to be able to have that option available where I can just 
literally you know, grab something out of the, the fridge or freezer and know that it's good quality and it's, um, uh, you know, what I'm eating is, is, is really you know, going to help me to achieve the goals I want to achieve. For me, that's, that's one of the biggest things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And, and, and it's, um, it's, a, it's a good one for, you know, even for athletes, like post-workout, having something you can chuck straight in the fridge and have it in your digestive system within half an hour of finishing at the gym or playing or doing mm. whatever you're doing, that's got to be a positive thing, especially for the yeah. development of your personal self. Absolutely. What, what about lunches and, and things like that for office workers? I mean, I reckon, you know, people and what they, they do during the day when they're at work is, is usually they'll go and... You know, not prepare lunch or not prepare any kind of or put any thought into what they're going to eat through the day. Get to about twelve o'clock, be ravishing hungry, go downstairs and just buy a big dirty kebab, kebab or hamburger or something. You know, yeah, nice. what, what's what's the because uh, they're they're the people I think you know more so than the athletes that have an understanding about nutrition to begin with. But they're the people that probably need a bit more help than anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Corporates are, are high on our. Um, target list of, of people that need help with what they're eating because whether it be fast food I mean guys if you're working all day in an office and you've got half an hour for lunch you're going to get the stuff that's over the counter the quickest yeah. or you're just going to go straight to the vending machine and, and grab Mars bars so getting getting our product into office buildings is something that we've been working on uh, for a while we do can't go into it too much we're, we're going to be at the, the Sydney Fitness Expo on the, the 17th of October um, and we're going to launch a concept for offices there that really hasn't been done uh, in Australia before. So watch this space, I guess. I don't, don't want to go into it too much. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm moving into an office-type job in the next couple of weeks, and that's a big thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, what to cook what to cook for lunch, and do I just grab a sausage roll, or, or, or what's, what's the go there? But I think that's a great way and a great market to go into. There's, there's, I mean, how many office people, corporate people are there in Australia that they wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, they've got to take the kids to school. Who has time to cook a, you know, a nutritionally, nutritiously sound meal to have at 12 o'clock when you've got half an hour lunch break and you've got to go, you've got to send off a few emails and go to the Dunning and, you know, there's, there's not enough time to do that in the day. Yeah, and this is where exactly. Fit Fresh comes in. And, you know, I know we're, we're plugging the shit out of it and it's great, <laughs> but it's really something that, you know, excites me as someone who isn't nutritionally sound myself, uh, because, you know, as I said last week, I, I know what it takes to be, you know, a, a perfectly healthy person. But unfortunately, I'm a big fan of schooners, and <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> and I'm only 22, so it's all right. I'm allowed to have a cup. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and, and Bryce, we, we had some before the show. and uh, What, schooners? Well, well, I did. Um, no, we, we had some, one of the, some two, fit, two of the fit and fresh meals yeah, and uh, a couple of paleo bars. And I, I, think I, I missed out if you had schooners and I didn't. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> My normal morning ritual. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to bed yet. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I've been uh, um, a big fan of uh, fit and fresh stuff for a long time and um, you know, I think the thing that really appre- uh, appeals to me as well, not, not just the ease and... Um, uh, the quality of the food is the vision that, that Adrian and his team has is very much in line with the vision that I have, which is, um, again, we're not in it to make a ton of money. I, I want to leave this world in a better place than what I left it, and I don't want my children to grow up in an environment where being sick and, and fat and unhealthy is just the normal, you know, and 
Um, and that, you know, it's 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 our time and it's our watch, and that's just not going to happen on our watch. So you know, Absolutely. that's that's what Absolutely. I believe. And Adrian, you're on the bandwagon, the Hainsey bandwagon. Yeah, 49ers hat on right now. I've been following him. I am a big fan. How's he I, going over there for an update for the listeners? Oh, mate, I know as much as you do probably. I, I watched the Fox Sports feed through Facebook, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, apparently Fox Sports have just turned into Jared oh, Haynes Sports. It has. <laughs> it's, it's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not overly proud of it. I've never been the kind of person to jump on the bandwagon of, of one athlete in particular. I think he's, he's, yeah. done, a, he's done a pretty big Oh, pretty, good. good. I mean, the runs mm-hmm. that we've seen him do, there's been a couple of good steps in there. It's so strange why people freak out about he makes a... 35-yard run, and he used to yeah. do that with every return, or the majority of returns he would do in the NRL. Yeah. So I guess that's just different sports. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of the uh, the gridiron. I don't really subscribe to it. It goes for a bit too long. It's a bit like cricket. I just don't have the attention span to sit there and watch it all day. But um, but good on you, Haynes. I know you listen, so... Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> We're proud of you. <laughs> good on you, mate. But, um, but yeah, so that's fit and fresh. I mean... It's, it's very exciting, Bryce. I mean, yeah, it is. And I, I just want to ask, too, if, uh, if anyone is listening out there that really wants to um, maybe explore some fit and fresh options, do they? Can you, do you have a discount code or something? Yeah, you can for, offer? We've, the girls uh, in the office set one up for, for the podcast. It's MDT, all capitals. Um, and what that'll get you, well, I have to double check. I don't know. No, I don't don't, don't work with the marketing close enough. <laughs> it'll, be at least, it'll be at least 10% off. So about ten percent off. Jump onto the Fit and Fresh website. Jump in the co- uh, chuck in the code word MDT. Is that in capitals or just all capitals? All capitals. Chuck your capitals in, guys. Now, what would MDT stand for? Modern day thoughts, guys. Exactly. So make sure. You, have you subscribed yet? Just take a second. There you go. And now you've subscribed. <laughs> Great work. Jump onto Bryce's website, Dr. Bryce Fleming. Make sure you like the Facebook page as well, Modern Day Thoughts, and the Twitter page, which is Modern Day Thoughts as well. Um, we're also on SoundCloud. Look up Modern Day Thoughts on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Guess what? Modern Day Thoughts on Stitcher as well if you want to listen to it as well. We might do a couple of live podcasts down the track as well. We'll see yeah, how we I go. Yeah, I think so. We'll see, we'll see, yeah, how, we see how we go. But uh, if there's anything else, guys, you'd like to add before we finish up here? No, I'm good. I'm good. Adrian, thank good you chat. for, for Fit and Jeffrey. Fresh. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. We really appreciate it. Jump on the Fit and Fresh website and make sure you give that, give that a bit of a go and try and change your life. But uh, Bryce... Dr. Bryce Fleming, thanks for for allowing us into your studio. Ah, oh, no worries. <laughs> let's let's do it again same time next week. What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? Make sure. Hey, have you have you subscribed yet? Uh, have I subscribed? Have you subscribed to my own yeah, podcast? I did. Just yeah, to boost our numbers. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my name is Isaac Butterfield. Thank you so much for joining us for episode two of Modern Day Thoughts, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.